Hey, what I want to do is, if you'll give me about 10, maybe 15 minutes, but I think around 10 minutes, just to kind of put a bow on this and kind of, the gospel was so evident. I, I, I leaned over to Judy and I said, okay, this is my favorite, because I think I say that every year. But I just love, I just love the way these authors bring it together. And the kids just bring it to life, this wonderful story of Christmas. You know, when I was preparing to share with you this morning about this, I went online and I looked up this play uh, straight out of Bethlehem and to see what it was about. And one of the synopsis, one of the summaries that, that I looked at said it's about a band of ragamuffins who live in the inn in Bethlehem. And I thought that word ragamuffin was kind of interesting and certainly fits. It, the definition of a ragamuffin is a person and typically a, typically a child um, in ragged, dirty clothes. So that's a, that's a ragamuffin. And these orphans in that age would certainly have been exactly that way, dirty, ragged clothes. And Luke did a wonderful job of really portraying how it felt to be all alone, to be excluded, and to be an orphan. But here's the amazing part, and this is the part that I really wanted to bring out this morning, is that all of us are spiritual ragamuffins. That's exactly who we are. We find ourselves before a holy God in ragged, dirty clothes. In fact, there's a scripture in Isaiah chapter uh, chapter 64, verse 6, that says, All our righteousness is as filthy rags. And that's just what a ragamuffin person would be, in filthy rags. And, and what it's saying is, all our righteousness, all our good works. You know, if we were to stand before God and say, Hey, God, this is what I bring to you. I love it when, when Isabel uh, said, You know, I, I can give him myself. But if we were to stand before God and say, God, this is what I've done to deserve heaven, we would have nothing. We would come up a zero because all our good works to God are like filthy rags. So here we are with these ragamuffins and we stand before holy God with no hope of heaven. Uh, Put another way, the Bible says in Romans chapter 3 and verse 23, it says, all of us have sinned. And let me just put this in a real plain way. All of us have managed to offend God. All of us have managed to offend God. And then it says, there's none righteous, no, not one. There's not a good person in the bunch. So here we are, and we stand before God. We're spiritual uh, ragamuffins. we got nothing to bring for God. There's no reason why God should love us. There's no reason why God should allow us to go to heaven. And there we stand. And then God says it. You know, our sermon, our little talk this morning is entitled Christmas Snow. And it's based on Isaiah chapter 1, verse 18. I love this. God says, let's settle this. Well, one translation says, let's talk about this. Let's reason this out. And this translation says, let's settle this. It says, though your sins are scarlet. In other words, these offenses that we've done before God are red like blood or red like crimson. Okay? They shall be as white as snow. Though they be red, crimson, they shall be as wool. You know, you know the song, Bing Crosby, I'm dreaming of a white Christmas. You know why, you know why white Christmases are so wanted? It's not, you know, it messes up travel. If you're trying to fly somewhere, you can't get there. Really, we should say, dreaming of a green Christmas. But we had this imagination, we had this thought of a white Christmas. You know why? I've seen them, and you, you've perhaps seen them here. We've had a couple in Harrisburg. And, and the idea is this, that as that beautiful white snow falls, it covers up all the dirt, all the scars of the earth, 
It makes everything beautiful and white. And that's why we dream of a white Christmas. And God's reply to our, our ragamuffin state that we've all offended him, we've all sinned against him, it says, let's settle this. Even though you're a sinner, I can make you white like Christmas snow. It's really quite amazing. It's quite wonderful, that thought. You know, I loved it. they included everything I wanted them to include today. You know, I even managed, I even managed to get Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer in this. Now, in, in, when I was in school, okay, I, I failed reindeerology, okay? But you know how the song starts, and I'll have to read them because I can't get them right. The song starts like this. You know, Dasher and Dancer and Prancer and Vixen, Comet and Cupid and Donner and Blitzen, but do you recall... The most famous reindeer of all. You know, the song says, you've heard of all these, okay? But have you heard of this one? This one. Well, we, most of us know that tucked away in the Bible in Luke chapter 2 is the Christmas story. And we read it at Christmas Eve service. Uh, You may read it to your family, but you kind of get the idea. That's where it talks about all that you saw today is Luke chapter 2. And we know that one. And some of you may even know in Matthew chapter 1 verse 18, Matthew writes and says, well, the birth of Jesus was like this. And it was from Joseph's perspective. He was standing right here. Joseph's perspective about an angel appearing to him. But perhaps the most wonderful uh, scripture about Christmas is not Luke chapter 1, not Luke chapter 2, and not Matthew. It's what the kids talked about. I just smiled. When they quoted most of what it says. It's found in a book called Galatians. It's a letter that Paul wrote to the church at Galatia. A town a long time ago. And in this letter he writes about Christmas. And we talk about it a lot. In fact I referenced it last week um, in the sermon. But it goes like this. When the right time came. You know have you ever wondered why God chose 2,000 years ago to send Jesus to the world? Why did he choose 2,000 years ago for the, for the Messiah to come, for the first Christmas to be? Well, I, t- I told him last week, I said, you know, you got to remember there was Roman peace. Not a good peace now. The Rome could be pretty hard. But because of their strong hand, there was a virtual peace in the world. There were Roman roads. There was an infrastructure that Rome had built making the propagation of the gospel very possible. And there was even a thing called Koinine Greek or the Greek of the common people that most people could understand. So at just the right time, God sends his son. And he sent him into the world for one purpose. And that is to die on a Roman cross that people like you and I could have our sins forgiven. And we could go from being a ragamuffin to being a child of God. That's what the whole story here was about. About God sent his son intentionally into the world to die and save people like you and me. Ragamuffins. People that have nothing to bring God whatsoever. In fact, it goes on and says, but when the right time came, God sent his son born of a woman. Well, yeah, that's true. Born of a woman, but it's really cool. Born of a virgin because Jesus was like no other. He didn't have, he had Joseph, a stepdad, but his father was God. The father, his father was God. And so, so he was like no other man. He was born without a sin nature. He was perfect in every way in his actions and in his nature, he was perfect. And that made him the perfect lamb of God who could eventually die for our sins. So when the fullness of time came, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, and subject to all God's demands. Remember, all our righteousness is like filthy rags. We're ragamuffins. 
But Jesus had no sin. He was pure and white like Christmas snow. He was the candidate. He could die for our sins because he had no sin. And then it goes on and says this. Now grab this part. God sent him to buy freedom for us on a Roman cross. And there's a reason. So he, now listen, listen. So he could adopt us as his very own children. Did you get the story? Didn't Luke do a great job? Just rejection, loneliness, no one loves me, no one wants me. And at the end of the story, there's that glorious moment where they all come together and we're orphans no more. And that's the story of the gospel, that we're all ragamuffins, we're spiritual orphans. Then Jesus dies, and if we will believe in him, God wants to adopt us into his family. He sent his son Jesus to die for us so that he could adopt us as his family. What a beautiful picture that is of what God does for us. And then he goes on and says this, and because we are his children, because we're orphans no more, when we put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ, when we're orphans no more, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, prompting us to call us, call him Abba Father. Now this is so good. Imagine you were Luke. Go back with me. Imagine you're a street urchin, Imagine you're an orphan, no one loves you, no one wants you, no one cares about you, and then all of a sudden, you have a father. Don't you love the commercials? It's beautiful for men and women, but, but particularly since we're talking about father, when, you, when they surprise the child, the child's in school, dad's been away in Afghanistan or Iraq on a deployment, and he sneaks home, and the door opens... And, or, the, or the child's back is this way, and there's dad standing there. And dad's in uniform. You know what I'm talking about. And, and the child turns around and goes, Daddy! And runs and embraces that child. Well, that's what Paul is saying in this wonderful scripture, that when God adopts us as his children, we have the right to look at this God Almighty, this creator God, and say, Daddy! And run into his arms. And it changes Everything. It changes everything. Oh, it's an amazing story of Christmas. Is that Paul also said these words. And Paul was a writer in the New Testament. But he said, the payment for sin is death. Because we've offended God, we deserve to be orphans. We deserve to be separated from Him. But God does not base His love on what we deserve. But He bases on what He wants to do for us. The wages of sin is death. But the gift, the gift of God, the free gift of God, is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Yeah, I love those commercials on TV. You've seen them, you know. You know, it, you know this product will grow hair, 1995. And wait, we're going to give you another free bottle. Just pay a separate fee. I'm going, wait, what? Free bottle, pay separate fee, doesn't work. When God says, I want to give you a free gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ, that's exactly what he means. There's not a separate fee. He loves you and he wants so badly to forgive you of your sins. And that's the story of Christmas. That's why Christmas is all. We're all ragamuffins. We're all orphans separated from God. And God loved us so much. He sent his son Jesus Christ to die for us. That every one of us, people like us, could come in a relationship with him. It's not about religion. It's not about Baptist or Methodist or Pentecostal. Start this, stop that. Dance right so God likes you. It's not any of that. It's called grace. And you heard that word in the play today. It's grace. It's God extending his mercy to us 
even though we don't deserve it. He says, I want to adopt you. I want to bring you into my family. There's a, another great verse, and this is the last one. In Romans chapter 10 and verse 13, here's what it says. Anyone, someone say anyone with me. Anyone. Anyone who calls on the name of the Lord, anyone who believes in Jesus will be forgiven, will be saved. Doesn't care if you're a street urchin. Doesn't care if you're Miss Peppy. Doesn't matter who you are. Anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Black, white, green, yellow. God doesn't care about color. He doesn't care about denomination. He don't care how long your sin list is or how short it is. He loved you so much. He sent his son Jesus to die for you. And that's the story of Christmas. And that's the story that you heard today. I'd like to invite you to close your eyes and bow your head. We're going to play a song, and I'll be standing down front. I know this is kind of weird for you guys, but here's the bottom line. Right now, if you ask God to, he will forgive your sins. I, I, you know, prayer doesn't save you, but, but that's, how, that's how we talk to God. And maybe today, maybe this story and this story, you know, two and two became four all of a sudden. And maybe today's the day you want to ask God for that great gift. And maybe you want to do it through prayer. Again, there's no magic words. It's not a magic formula. It's just telling God something he wants you to say. And that is that you know you're a sinner. You know you've offended him. There's nothing you can do about that. But you believe in what Jesus did. And that's when he died on a Roman cross. And the Bible clearly says we believe in him. God will forgive our sins. And then we choose to turn from that sin. But more importantly, we choose to follow him. And maybe in your own way, in your own words today, while the song is playing, you want to make that decision. Now, if you do need someone to pray with you or counsel with you today, I'm available down front. I'd be glad to do that. But maybe perhaps while the song is singing, playing, and you don't need to sing along even. You just bow your head in a time of prayer. But, you know, maybe it's a good time, if you know Jesus, to thank him for this wonderful gift. The gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Let me lead us in prayer, and then you may keep your head bowed. And if you'd like to come forward, I'll be waiting here. I can help pray with you if you'd like that. Whatever we can do, uh, that's why we are here today. So, God, I want to thank you. Um, I was, like, way blessed today by what happened on this stage. I can't thank you enough for the adults, especially Rachel, who heads this up, the wonderful staff that came alongside her, and then, Father, the author of this, who's, who you gifted to put all these words together. And these incredible children, these incredible children who came, acted it out, and blessed our hearts. So we thank you for all of that. And even more, I thank you for the wonderful story of Christmas. Lord, there's someone here today who so needs to not be a ragamuffin anymore, who needs to come into your family. Would you help them by faith, pull them into your family and say, I don't want you to be an orphan anymore. I want you to come home and be with me. So speak to their hearts. And Jesus, I pray this in your precious name. Amen.